by Empress Mimi London. From shapewear to lacewear, Empress Mimi has it all. Sign up today for a 40% off. Less than 16 days to hit that link in our website at theunfilteredpodcast.com for your sexy wear today. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to the Unfiltered Podcast, where all opinions can be voiced. It's your host, Chrissy. Adriana. Blue here. Joseph. Today we are joined by one. <laughs> Today we are joined by one of the top creative directors and motion designers in the gaming industry. He has been a part of the creation of Call of Duty Black Ops 3 in 2015, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare in 2014, Call of Duty Ghost in 2013, Call of Duty Black Ops 2 in 2012, Destiny in 2014. Skylanders Trap Team in 2014 and Skylanders Swap Force in 2013. Please welcome Brandon Russ. Welcome, Brandon. Hey, thanks for having me. Awesome. Um, so, Brandon, we have some questions from the listeners and as well from ourselves. What inspired you to become a motion designer and does it have to do with anything from your past? Uh, yes, it definitely has to do with my past. Um, Jeez, I gotta. I, I'm not good with brevity, and I know this is only 15 minutes, so I'll try to keep this short. But essentially, I grew up uh, from the moment I got my hands on a video camera when I was a kid. I loved making movies, and uh, I did that for many, many years as a hobby. Um, as I got older, I realized if I actually wanted to make money, um, there was a lot of ways to get into entertainment and do that. And I, I always gravitate gravitated towards post production. I found that I would get, I'd lose track of time when I was doing like uh, visual effects and after effects. And um, so I was like, this, I think this is it. This is the thing where I found like my passion kind of overlapped with something that I can actually, you know, find a job for. And so that's, that's I, why, I, I don't know why I gravitated towards it. There's just something about, I, for me, I think it has to do with the limitless kind of creativity you have when you're inside one of these 3D or compositing programs. It, the only limitation is your imagination. Like if you can think it, you can probably find a way to create it on screen. And mm-hmm. and you don't need, you don't, well, at least these days, you don't need a huge soundstage and team of you know, 50 people. Like you can go in and create some pretty incredible things just by yourself. So um, I like that. I like the amount of control that you have over the creative um, and uh, the kind of just how free it is to create anything you can think of. Something appealing about mm. that. Interesting. That's so cool. Um, designing a current game, do you hold off on designing other games or updates on past games? So I want to clarify on the, the gaming part. I, I have contributed some uh, a couple of times to actual in-game motion graphics for a couple of the Call of Duty titles. A lot of the titles you read, though, I'm actually more on the... Uh, the, our in-house marketing creative team. So we work a lot more. I work primarily more on the advertising marketing side, but we do work closely with studios and developers. So I've I've, I've had that, but um, I haven't like done in. I haven't developed my own personal game. Um, I've had interest in possibly exploring, like looking into trying to build a mobile game as like a starting place. I I've dabbled with Unreal um, on my own. Um, and Unreal, I think, 
Unreal is something I want to get even stronger at. I feel like real-time rendering is kind of like where it's at, where it's going. So I want to get much stronger with Unreal, but I've my bread and butter was always After Effects. Um, and then I got into Cinema 4D and Redshift, so a lot of the 3D space. Um, and yeah, that would be the next thing for me, getting into more into Unreal. But as far as building my own game, it's hard to answer that specific question yet, because I haven't, I haven't built my own game. Oh, okay. So, moving on, because our further questions kind of involved the gaming. Did mm-hmm. you work on designing like the back technical gaming issues at all? No, it was more on the visual side. So, um, I, like with the Black Ops 3 was the one that I probably did the most uh, actual in-game work for. Um, I, I, I would go over and I would meet weekly with the uh, one of their art directors and he would walk me through kind of the lore and the story of the game and, and, and how that should inform the motion graphics that I was going to make. I was working on um, load screens, um, some of the, uh, you know, the in-between levels where there's like these, these uh, 3D kind of hologram style load screens with the dialogue kind of setting up what the next mission is going to be. Uh, and there was a lot of in-game fluey, uh, I guess they call it, like fake user interfaces. So there's all these screens throughout the game that they need to populate with imagery. And um, they had kind of, I was helping support by build out a lot of the animations that you see on the screens throughout the levels. Okay. Um, that's my questions. Uh, Blue had some questions of her own. Yeah. What is some advice you would give to our listeners um, who want to be successful in the gaming industry? Hmm. I'm going to, some of the answers I'm going to give are probably going to come off kind of cliche or serious, you know, like they seem obvious, but they're, they're a reason that they're true. I found through experience how true some of these things are. And I can tell you a little bit like what I look for when I'm building teams, um, the kind of, uh, kind of traits, skill sets that I look for. Um, I think to be successful. And this isn't just video games. This is really just more like life success. Like, be flexible. Be pro. Uh, proactive is a big one for me. Um, I have. Uh, there's. I found that a lot of people kind of wait to be told what to do. Um, not everyone, but there's some people who they, they get kind of stuck unless they're like unless they know like exactly they need some handholding and being told what to do. The people who do well are the people who are running and and and. You want to get out of their way. You want to be one of those people. Who, um, no one's asking you. You're so hungry to learn a new skill or to create some new thing that you are just, you know, graciously watching tutorials and just creating things on your free time. And that would be that's the best way to learn. People who are problem solvers because it's, it's a lot of tech, right? A lot of mm-hmm. things you can be really well versed with computer, Mac, and PC. With um, uh, if you have an opportunity to get with a company where you can get access to developer developer builds, so you can kind of see um, um, learn how to navigate game builds that are like um, before they're finished. You know, getting in all the debug. 
Uh, that's a really useful skill. You you also need to identify early on where, where in gaming do you want to. You don't have to know, but it's something to think about. There are so many jobs throughout gaming, and it's not just on the tech side. I mean, they have legal teams, they have marketing and advertising, they have storytelling, they have voice actors, they have, I mean, motion capture. It just it's it's so extensive. So you kind of need to first kind of like narrow in on like what aspect of the gaming industry do you want to give a desire to get into as your starting point, but be willing to be willing to start anywhere to get your foot in the door, and be patient. Um, be as flexible as you can. It's a fast-paced world. Um, if you're the kind of person who wants really clear process and rigid structure, it, you, you know you might struggle because uh, the tech is moving so fast and ideas are, are changing daily. That um, if you're not incredibly flexible um, and collaborative, you're going to struggle. Huh. Yeah. Well, I had a, another question about the game chat, but you said you work more on visuals. And um, so did you have any final say on the Call of Duty visuals for Modern War 2? Modern Warfare 2? No. Not 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 the visuals. I mean, we, uh, again, you have to, these games, you have to understand how many people are involved with the game the size of Modern Warfare 2. It's, it's, I don't know the exact number, but definitely several hundred, I would say probably thousands of people have touched the game in some way or another at some, wow. at some point in the development cycle. Definitely several hundred at a, at a minimum. Um, and so when it comes to the end game, no, that's mostly falls on the studio, the developer side to establish the actual look and feel for the game. Um, that they kind of inform us of the marketing we, we, we look to the game as the source of truth for the look and feel and tone um there is some room to add okay. flavor to that to kind of add your your little touch but um it's possible but it's not it's not there's very few people who are like really calling the shots at a high level like that there's just um that's more like art directors be a big one where they really are establishing kind of the look and feel and then they oversee several teams of different various different designers and uh, technical artists um, to achieve that vision okay. Rob well that's all my questions pretty sure Chrissy had some um, I do I do have a question here um, were there ever any setbacks and if so how did you stay motivated <laughs> I only laugh because that's a, 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 a resounding yes. There, there's always setbacks. Some are minor. Uh, I mean, you get used to the day-to-day one. Um, you get better at kind of knowing what to look for and getting ahead of roadblocks. But there will always be a new one that you can just think of. Um, sometimes you have roadblocks that are that are really big, uh, and they come in all all shapes and sizes. Sometimes they're technical, right? Sometimes, um, sometimes the roadblock is you know what you want to achieve, but it's new. You have to figure out the way to do it. Sometimes you, you're on track to doing something, and then you're, you're you know, there's a failure in the software or the hardware, and you got to come up with those. Um, sometimes it's uh, more it's more macro level or external. So like you may be going in one direction, and um, you know 
things happen culturally that uh, shift the direction you're going. Um, that might new ideas, better ideas for where to take a story or develop a character can happen mid mid development. Um, so yeah, again, again, these are there's. These are loaded questions. I'm trying to. I feel like a minute because I could take any more aspect of these and, and go much deeper. My great answers, though. You have great answers. Yeah, you put it in a good way. <laughs> um, the last person we have is Joseph. He has a few questions for you as well. All right, hey Joseph. Yes. So um, earlier you said you were a part of marketing, correct? Yes. So, um, how for like say for for instance for Black Ops Three, how did you stumble upon your job for them? Okay, yeah, yeah. You know, I hate to say this because I know there's so many people who are trying to break into gaming, but I feel weird thing. But I actually kind of fell into gaming. <laughs> so I myself was always a gamer. I grew up. My mom will tell you. She remembers me playing Mario Brothers when I was two years old, and she's like, "You're actually pretty good at it." Like, I, I can't remember a time when I wasn't playing games. Um, so it's always been a huge passion of mine. But as far as a career, it wasn't really on my radar to get into gaming as a career path until after I'd already graduated college and I went to film school. I was looking to break into uh, motion. Uh, the feature film specifically as like a composer and a visual effects artist. I wanted to work on the Marvel movies, the Transformer movies. That that was oh. that was where I was headed and what I wanted to get right. into. And then um, I when I moved to LA, I reached out to a, a one of my to this day one of my best friends that I'd gone to I met at film school and became really good friends. And um, you, as you do, you reach out to people that you know. I was like, hey, I'm coming to LA. He was already here. So it's just kind of like a heads up, like I'm coming to LA, and he just he was already working here, and uh, but as like a, a video editor and kind of like a live camera guy for them, and he was getting promoted and needed to backfill his own role, and when I talked to him, he was like, oh my gosh, he's like not only do we need to fill it, we need somebody who can edit and do motion graphics, and I was like, well that's like me on paper, and he's like, I know, send me your real, he's like, send me your real and resume. So that's that's how I got my foot in, right? With somebody I went to school with and I kept in, in, in touch with, and I still had to go through like a full interview panel and a skills assessment and all that. And I landed a job um, early on, about ten years ago. I came in as a contractor and a video editor. That's how I started. Wow! And from there, wow. from there, um, I realized uh, at that time that there was no in-house motion graphics team on publisher side which surprised me so I started kind of dropping hints that like I was editing um, a lot of videos for uh, a web series they had at the time called Elite TV it was kind of like it was like kind of like a noob to vet and like beginner tutorial videos for Call of Duty and I but, I, but they were freelancing all their motions to find work out to somebody and he was good the guy they freelanced out to but that's extra cost communication is more challenging this was pre-covid and zoom and all that right so um i kept dropping hints like hey i can do some of the stuff that you guys are paying this guy to do if you want um and you know but i laid low in the meantime and just did what i was hired to do it was the editing and game capture and eventually they were like uh we need you to key out you know this green screen for this 
thing, this internal video wasn't even a part of the video game. Um, and put some put some graphics behind it, you know. And I so I did that, uh, and the rest was history. If you build it, they will come. Once they realized they had a guy in house that could do this, they just started throwing more and more of it at me. And it wasn't until several years later, um, a few years later, that the studio reached out to our department and said, "Hey, we just need some placeholder graphics for a demo we're doing for Call of Duty." This will just be a temporary until our, you know, our developers can build out the full motion graphics for, for just a demo a level. And I saw a window there. That was the, you know, you've heard the expression probably like, it's all about being ready for when the door opens, you're ready to go through it. You don't know when or where that door will open. Well, that was it for me. I, I went to my boss and said, hey, I want to show them what we can do here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to give this my all. I said, but I cannot do that while I'm also doing all of the other things on my plate the, the marketing assets that i'm have to know uh, take care of so he was like okay um he had me put together a cost estimate of what it would be to hire a second motion designer and uh run that up the chain to see what need that approved and the studio was willing to um basically cover that cost so that i could support them for like a solid three months all i did i was dedicated to doing in-game stuff with studio um it started out as a temporary you're supposed to be pet graphic i i i pulled some late nights unpaid on my own because i just wanted it to be the best it could be um, wow. yeah i was putting the pressure on myself <laughs> that's dedicated yeah i was yeah. just like i was just like this is such a rare opportunity to like get my work in front of a different you know, group of people, some developers of the studio. And they, uh, I did the, they only needed like two little animations for their demo. And I did those and they came back and they said, hey, uh, well, first of all, great work. We, we would actually just like to go ahead and use your, in the actual game. These are, these are good enough for what we need. We're 23. And can you do another 16 more? <laughs> that's awesome. And, um, and that's, well, that's actually when I was like, I'm, we're going to need help. That's when I was like, I need to, you get somebody else and we did and by the time it was all said that i delivered like 30 something different in-game animations for them um that was a really cool experience um uh and then from there i moved on to build i started i moved more into the managing management side of of, of things um helping build uh, grow our in-house creative team so i became a motion graphic team lead i oversaw i built out and hired for that um put a lead in place there and then my, my manager wanted me to start overseeing a few other teams and from there i jumped around uh overseeing game capture at one point uh screenshot team um uh audio team which was like audio engineer and uh music composer and then event and then where that you know this is all over 10 years obviously it's like steps but now I'm I'm a director of the all of our design teams on the publishing side. So, so yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's my story. That is awesome. And then my second question was, um, you know, how do you guys come up with the design of operators in games that aren't inspired by real people? Um, kind of like, in, for instance, Tulam, who's Ronin in Modern Warfare. Mm-hmm. So for people not like that, how do you guys kind of figure out um, how to make them? Um, I could speculate, but I wouldn't, that's all I'd be doing. That's def, I haven't been involved in actual character development. Um, there's an entire team for that uh, over on the dev side. 
So really? I, don't, I don't want to speak on their behalf because again, I we work with once they're designed uh, or once those characters are made, we work with the assets after the fact. So they'll be, they'll be like send us files for like operators, we have 3D files or you know uh, photographs and stuff from from shoots that we need to make marketing materials. Um, but as far as the the like look development part of it, like where you're creating the character from scratch, I personally have never been involved with that. And I would hate to I would hate to sit here and act like uh, I know what that process is when there's a whole team of people who do that. But that, that hasn't been my my area of focus. Wow, that's so, crazy though. There's yeah. a whole different side. Oh um, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. It's, that's what I'm saying. It's hundreds and hundreds of people across several teams that. Uh, are, are making a game uh, like a triple a game like this happen it's not just like a couple of people right um so before we do our last question some fans have sent us two questions it's a tradition on the podcast we give fans advice or questions that they want to answer but there is one i was running in all of our minds when you said you used to game are you still a big gamer oh 100 i'll probably i'm gonna be playing tonight <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I get off work and uh no i love that really and uh it, i play lots of games but i even i even play the game we work on so i'm a call of duty fan like i, I especially with since battle royale and warzone came out i got i became way more i like zombies in call of duty uh, mp is okay story's fine but i i really like zombies and then when battle royale uh, when we entered that space and we got blackout and warzone i got way more into call of duty and uh, during COVID, we were all locked down every night after work. Me and my other coworkers that like worked on the game and actually, we would just come home and play Call of Duty for hours every night during COVID. That's how we passed the time. So, uh, games I'm into right now, you didn't ask, but I'm going to go ahead and go. Um, I'm, a, I'm, a die, I'm a diehard Destiny fan. So, it was a real, it was a real honor and pleasure to even just slightly be attached through our, our, there was a for a few years Activision had a partnership with Bungie. Uh, we were the publisher and they were the developer, and it was cool to get to be. I was a huge Halo fan, so so I was I was I was the biggest fanboy ever. And then I couldn't believe I was here and getting to see you know see the game in development before it was put out. And um, and I've been a day one Destiny player and I still play to this day. I play Destiny and I'm really in the other one I'm really into right now is Hogwarts. I'm kind of addicted. Hogwarts, to Hogwarts. I have <laughs> Blue. Are you gonna go crazy? Blue, you gonna talk about it yet? Because I haven't gotten yet. I gotta okay. It's <laughs> great. It, it, you know, I had I had low I had lowered my expectations. I've been hearing about it for a long time. You know, it's been hyped for a long, long, long time. But I I've said too many games that are that do that and then disappoint you so i was like i'm gonna wait like a week after it comes out and see how it's you know received and rated and all that and i read some reviews and i was like okay i'm in i'm a big harry potter fan but i didn't want to be disappointed but then i i uh everything's lived up to the hype for me i i've been really really playing that a lot for the last few weeks and it's just if you're if you're in any way a harry potter fan uh it is it's very oh, satisfying. Oh, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. It's really well done. Okay. Um, Joseph, do you want to read the, I am. Like, one of the questions from the fans? And then we'll try to read it next episode. Yes. Um, what are your guys' favorite foods? can't wait. <laughs> oh, this is easy. You want me to go? Yeah, you go first. Go ahead. Uh, I mean, it's nothing fancy. Uh, 
my probably my favorite single meal. I love a, a good solid bowl of fettuccine alfredo with chicken and broccoli. Oh, that is good. But my go-to just generically is like a pizza. You can just never go wrong with pizza. pizza. I love it. <laughs> yep. Uh, my favorite is Haitian food. Being from Haiti, Haitian food is top tier. If anybody has tried it yet. I like Mexican. <laughs> um, I'm a big noodle fan. Like I'm a die. Like I love me some noodles. Some good noodles. Like ramen, ramen pho, all of that. I love noodles. If I die right now, they cut me open. A bunch of noodles are gonna come like all out. <laughs> oh, I wasn't. Man. I wasn't a big ramen fan. My girlfriend's getting me into. She took me to this place here in LA. Uh, and it kind of like turned me around. I was like, wow, I guess once you've had good ramen, that's what I was missing. And I was like, this is pretty incredible. Right. Yeah. And it's good. So that is our, that is our um, answers, fans. If you have more questions, remember you can send it through email or the Discord. And thank you again, Brandon, for joining us this episode. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank Hello. you. And we'll be tuning out. See ya. Have a good Bye. one. Bye. <laughs>